All right, welcome back to Unleashed, the most legit Celtics podcast in the game. Yeah, this is our second episode in two days. So, I, I mean, I can't promise daily episodes every single day, but um, here you go. You're welcome. We got another episode, episode number 96 of Unleashed. And today we're talking about that Sixers loss. So you guys know I don't usually come on here and, and talk about direct games or analyze direct games. I save that for the Celtics Live post game show that I do. So go check that out. It's on YouTube. It's on Periscope. It's on Twitch. Wherever you want to tune in live after every single Celtics game, I'm there. And we have a blast talking to chat and whatnot. So make sure to go check that out. We're, we're really focusing on the YouTube channel. So go check it out on YouTube, on the Guy Boston Sports YouTube. But I do feel to some degree it's worth breaking down games and not necessarily the game and exactly what we saw, but I do want to talk about sort of some peripherals and outside factors to this game. So this podcast episode is focused on that game to Philly that we lost to Philly last night on Wednesday, the 20th. Okay, so so keep that in mind. Everything sort of centered around that. It's not what we normally do, but we're going to do it. It might be a quicker episode, but... I've just seen a lot of things I disagree with on social media, whether or not I saw it, you know, last night, today, or or people hopping in the stream being negative about the loss. I kind of wanted to jump on the podcast and dispel and and rebut all that because to me, that loss to Philly last night, you can't be mad about it. You cannot be mad as a Celtics fan that you lost that game. You could be bummed. You can feel like, okay, we had that game. We had it in our grasp and we let it go. I'll let that slide. Like I'm okay with that. I'm 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 annoyed. I'm bummed. Same thing. I'm not mad. I'm not furious at this team. I'm not calling for a trade. I'm not calling for Brad Stevens' head. You know, it's it's I don't know. When when Celtics fans get pissed about a loss like that, then all of a sudden we turn into that spoiled brat that the rest of the NBA fans out there think we are. And I don't think that's the case. Like I think looking at that game last night, you could say, ah, oh, we could have had that one, but it didn't go our way and leave it at that because let me let me break down a few different things here. First thing and first and foremost is obvious, Jason Tatum didn't play. The Celtics' best player by far this season was not playing against the, probably their biggest rival in the NBA right now. So the fact that they could have and probably should have won that game without their best player, I don't know how you can look at that and feel negative about it. I mean, obviously you could say, well, Jason Tatum could have been playing, but the fact that he wasn't and they still hung there and still pretty much could have won that game, I think that speaks volumes to this team. I think it speaks volumes to Jalen Brown, who we'll talk about a little bit. I think it speaks volumes to Kemba Walker and how he looks. We'll definitely talk about him in a second. And I think it pretty much just says where this team is. Even without their best player, they can compete, and that's the key word. Compete against a good team. You know, the Sixers were the number one seed at one point this year early on, but still. So that's kind of like the big, you know, overarching take for me. It's like, we, we did this without our best player, ladies and gentlemen. Do you realize that? Can you get that through your head? And if you still, after even thinking that, it's like, oh, no, I really wanted to win. I'm still mad. This means the bench sucks. This means, you know, Kemba Walker's not ready. We should trade him. Then keep listening because I'm going to dispel everything you're probably thinking. So outside of Jason Tatum, I wanted to talk about, obviously, Kemba Walker. So Kemba Walker... The fact that people were calling for his head, and I talked about it in yesterday's episode, the fact that people were calling for Kemba Walker to be traded, to be benched behind Pritchard, like all these things, I hope everyone saw what they saw out of Kemba Walker last night in the in the handful of minutes that he played. I think he played just over 20 minutes. I hope everyone was able to see that and say, ah, 
That's why he plays a lot, and that's why he's a star. That's why he was an all-star last year. That's why. Kemba Walker, 19 points in 21 minutes, 40% from the field and 56% from three, 100% from the line. (sighs) He didn't even play a full game. He played like half of a game that he normally would play. Still had 19 points, still had six assists. I hope people, I hope people out there see that Kemba Walker is valuable to this team. Because if Kemba Walker plays, you know, more of the third, I think he only played like one minute of the third quarter. If he plays the third quarter and then I think he missed like the entire middle of the fourth quarter and ended up only playing that last like four minutes or so. If he plays more, if he even plays 10 more minutes in that game, it's an easy 20 point right from him. Who knows? It could be a double double with 10 assists. Obviously, we're getting into hypotheticals there. But what you saw to Kemba Walker when the offense was cold, when the offense needed something, Kemba Walker was the guy scoring. And this ties into a very, very um, repetitive point I keep making at this point. You can't trade Kemba Walker and rely on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because if one of them decides to, you know, not have a good night, then what are you stuck with? Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, keyword or, only one of them, and then like a Marcus Smart? You know, the fact that they have Kemba to rely on is massive. Massive. And in times when Jalen Brown, you know, he had a really good game, but in times when Jalen Brown didn't look like he was on, Kemba Walker was hitting shots. And that's the point. Now, one outlier here is that Marcus Smart went for 25 points and Daniel Tice went for 23. So that's uh, abnormal. But again, if we have Jason Tatum and then Kemba Walker plays a full game, I obviously think you take some points away from Smart, definitely some points away from Tice, and you end up with probably, you know, just a few more points than you had, you know, uh, addition by addition. But um, Kemba Walker is the, is the focal point here. Kemba Walker absolutely showed I got my burst back. I got my confidence back. I have my, you know, health back. Other than the minutes restriction, you can't look at Kemba Walker, you know, even in the New York Knicks game. You can't look at him in the Knicks game or in this Sixers game and say, damn, he doesn't look the same. Looks a step slow, you know, looks a step slow and looks hesitant. No, BS. No, BS. Kemba looks great. He does. You know, and he still isn't hitting his full stride. This is his second game back, you know, and and yet he still looks, looks really, really good. So I want people to keep that in mind as well. There's another positive you can pull out of this game. Now, to to not focus on, like, the positives, but one last thing, I feel like, I guess it's the second to last thing. One, one, one final thing to, to focus on here is everyone bitching and moaning about Embiid going to line, what, 21 times, was it? Huh? Like 20, I think it was 21 times? Yeah, free throws attempted 21. He hit 17. Now... I'm not here to argue that it's kind of ridiculous that the Sixers had 45 free throw attempts and the Celtics ended up with 20. That is ridiculous. But I don't think you can point the finger and say, oh my God, the refs were just favoring Embiid. Well, I guess you can point the finger, but you can't say that's a reason. Why? Because that's going to happen more often than not. Joel Embiid is going to get to the foul line. He's a down-low big man, and the only way you can stop Embiid is playing really, really physical with him, and if you play really, really physical with anybody, you're bound to cause fouls, and, and, and you know the guy that you're covering is going to get fouled just by nature. So I don't think it's a, a negative that Joel Embiid went to the line a bunch. I think that you have other areas of the game where you probably could have, you know, let Embiid get to the line, but don't let him hit those mid-range easy, you know, twos or the or the threes that he hit. 
You know, like don't let him have those jump shots. Don't let him even get the ball. But the minute he gets the ball, he's gonna get fouled. It's not. It's not really even like this is less superstar treatment than people think. Joel Embiid is just an absolute big man force that he's at the rim. Most fouls occur near the rim, and he's doing a majority of his playing there, and he's an absolute beast. And the only way you can even try and mitigate him from going off is playing him physical. If you just let Embiid back you down and you don't even touch him, it's two points no matter what. So you're going to foul him whether whether or not you try to, which I don't imagine would be the case, or you know try to not commit fouls but just have to play physical or else he's going to take over. So... I don't buy into the, like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe Embiid took more foul shots than the Celtics. Like, that's almost on the Celtics. Get to the damn hoop. Get fouled. Okay? Then you can com- then you can make that argument. But you go to the line 20 times compared to their 40. Like, why don't you try to go to the line a little bit more? You go to the line 30 times, 10 more times, 10 more points. You win that game. You know, point speaking. You win that game. 10 more points, you win that game. And I know it doesn't work like that. But still. It's like, I, I don't want to hear the, oh, my God, Embiid, like, was, pr- like, so so treated nicely by the refs. He was flopping. It's like, well, at the same time, he's also getting hacked. Like, I, I'm a Celtics fan, a diehard Celtics fan, and I can admit Joel Embiid was getting hacked every time because you have to. Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, they're not Grant Williams. <laughs> oh, Grant Williams. Those guys aren't stopping Joel Embiid without fouling him. Like, you could probably call a foul in 99% of the possessions at the rim if those guys are going to cover him. Because he's just that good. He is. Now, I know I'm, I'm down there sucking Joel Embiid's thingy here, making him seem like the best player of all time. But he is, you know, one of, if not the best big man in the league right now. The most dominant big man in the league, if I say that. And he's, he'll dominate you. And the only way to combat that is playing physical. And I think the Celtics tried to play physical. And I think the refs were privy to it and uh, didn't really let the boys play. Now, sometimes you'll play the, the Sixers, and we'll see what happens Friday. You'll play them. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, yeah, they're letting them play tonight. But that also means you're not going to get the calls on the other end. So, I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's the ref's fault the Celtics lost that game. I think there could have been a couple shots made late. You know, like, let's not forget, Marcus Smart kept them in that, like, five possessions in a row down the stretch. He was hitting acrobatic shots to keep them in that game. Like, the Celtics lost that game just as much as the Sixers ended up winning it. So, um, there's that. But again... I'm not mad about it because it is what it is with Embiid. Kemba Walker looked good. That's a positive. You you hung in there almost one without Jason Tatum. That's a positive. And then the last thing, like I said, the last thing to talk about is Jalen Brown. We were worried about Jalen Brown not being able to coexist with Kemba. Now, that was just based on the New York Knicks game, obviously. I think that he put that to bed. I think he showed that when he's out there, he can still be the alpha. He finished with 26 points, 26-5 and 3. 40% from the field, 30% from 3. Not incredibly great there. But, you know, the fact that he was able to go out there and actually score and continue shooting and scoring with Kemba out there wasn't something we saw against New York. So I was glad to see that, and I think it shows that he can kind of, I guess, get himself up for big games like this. You know Jason Tatum does. He has some career highs against, you know, (laughs) some amazing teams like the Clippers, the Lakers. Jason Tatum knows what it means to be a superstar. Jalen Brown, I was worried, and I said it on the postgame stream, I was worried he was a little hesitant when Kemba came back. Um, and kind of like, you know, faded into the darkness and just sat in the corner. No, no, no. He, lo- he looked like he was ready to go, hitting his mid-range shots, uh, hitting his threes early on, and being confident with the ball. So I'm not worried about Jalen Brown anymore. I'm pretty pretty pumped about that um, because I-, I feel like it just was a, a call to concern there. But um, and-, and not to go back to the foul shot thing, but now that I'm looking at it, I want to mention one thing. If you're going to complain about foul shots and anything like that, you know, we should have got to the line more, they should have got to the line less, how about just the percentage difference? You shot 60% from the line. The Sixers shot 80%. So 
So if you're going to bitch and moan about getting to the line, get to the line when you do and make the foul shots because that's pretty damn annoying. You know, they missed seven foul shots. Seven foul shots. That's enough to, you know, if they were to just make those, obviously it doesn't change the outcome of the game. doesn't change the outcome of the game if they make those, but guess what? They only lose by one point if they make all their foul shots. And you're telling me one bucket couldn't fall, fall in, you know, in a different s- scenario. So overall, you can't be mad about that game. The Celtics lost that game just as much as the Sixers won it. But if you're off the Celtics train after that game, ugh, check yourself, man, before you wreck yourself. Because that was just a straight-up good basketball game. I had some Sixers fans, you know, in the chat and also, also looking at the video afterwards talking about how, you know what, I kind of respect that game. That was a good game between the Celtics and the Sixers. Rivals going at each other. and Embiid went off. You guys didn't have Tatum. Yada, 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 yada. If Sixers fans can acknowledge that Celtics fans shouldn't be mad about that loss, I sure as hell think Celtics fans should be able to say, okay, we'll get him next time. And if Jason Tatum plays tomorrow, which is Friday, I think that, you know, we might be looking at an entirely different outcome, but... Either way, we're talking about last night's game, and I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, the Celtics did what they could do, and they probably could have done a few extra things to put themselves in a better position, but at the end of the day, I think that was a positive sign. You know, one of the one of the better teams in the East, Celtics hung with them without, without a couple huge guys that they needed, so there's that. Don't be mad about that loss. Keep grinding. This Celtics team is legit, and um, yeah, I hope you guys... Enjoy the shorter episodes. Definitely, if you made it all the way through this, let me know on Twitter at FGuyBoston what you thought. And, and if you agree, because like I said, there was, you know, a chunk of you guys in the post-game stream saying, like, this is bull. We should have had that game. And I get it. You're trying to go off every single time against Philly. I'm not trying to lose to Philly either. You know? I'm not going to say I'd rather lose to the Knicks by 30 than to Philly by one. But you don't want to lose to your rival, especially um, when, when you could have won the game, if that makes sense. So just just food for thought. Take it in stride. This team is still one of the best teams in the league. Both those teams are. So it, it doesn't change the long haul. Um, the fact they lost two straight, I'm sure, is feeding into the anger. But we'll get back there. I'm, I'm not worried about the Celtics team. I think, you know, once they're healthy, they still have yet to have a healthy team. Think about that. Kemba's been out all the way up until Jason Tatum was out with health and safety protocols and coronavirus. And now Kemba comes back and Jason Tatum's out. They haven't had a healthy team. It seems like they haven't had a healthy team in like two years. But nonetheless, I'll catch you guys in the next episode. This was Unleashed, episode number 96. Peace out.